He said it as only Jesus could. Short, succinct, and to the point. He locked eyes with a couple of first century fishermen. And he said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Simon and Andrew responded, and their lives, and especially their fishing techniques, were never quite the same. Interestingly enough, this wasn't their first encounter with the Lord, but this was their first call to discipleship. And if we really hear that and we accept the fact that as disciples of Christ, as followers of Christ, that we too are fishers of people, fishers of men, then that makes the gospel, the good news of Jesus, fish food. For the last couple of weeks, we've looked at a lot of the different fish swimming around in your tank and in mine. They're in our offices, they're in the neighborhood, they're at the health club, you name it, they're there. And many of those folks desperately are searching for fish food. They need some fishermen. They need some men and women who love them enough to share the gospel, the fish food with them, so that they can taste it in their life and ultimately, eternal life. If you would, take out your message outlines. As I studied this text, I kept asking myself this question. The more you know about Jesus' disciples, the more you have to ask yourself, like, why? Like, this wasn't some great dream team. But the other question that I asked myself was, why in the world did Jesus tap a bunch of fishermen on the shoulders to be in his inner circle? Like, why fishermen of all people? He could have picked doctors. He could have picked tax collectors. He could have picked soldiers. He could have done a test and picked the smartest of the smart, the most scholared people. But instead... About seven of the disciples out of the 12 were fishermen. Why? I'll tell you why, I think. I mean, for one, fishermen are kind of fascinating people. I mean, I think they're a breed that's a little bit different. If you're taking notes, fill this in. I would think right up front we could all agree that fishermen are pretty optimistic. I mean, you rarely, a real fisherman, you rarely meet one that's pessimistic. I mean, typically... Fishermen are like, yeah, we're going to catch them today. Absolutely, today is the day. It's going to be the mother load. We're going to cast the nets, and we're ready to take, listen, we're going to reach our limit today. <laughs> Fishermen always think today's the day they're going to get one of them wall-hanging fish, right? One of them big ones that they can mount at their house. Speaking of optimistic, fishermen... True fishermen will fish in all kinds of conditions. That's how optimistic they are. That, that's how confident they are in their abilities. You see, they'll fish in the rain. They'll fish when it's sunny. They'll fish when it's hot. And they'll also fish in the cold.
You get a line and I'll get a pole. I'll take you on down to the largemouth bass and catfish secret fishing hole. Ooh, baby. What a day. Sun's out. Catching a few rays. Out here at another secret spot to catch the big fish. We're out here fishing. Just trying to catch today that big monster fish. Woo, baby, thought one was after it there. Not even a bite yet. I don't know about the fish, but these sure are ideal conditions for me. About 55, 58 degrees. Boy, is it pretty. Sure beats hanging out in the office. One of the reasons Jesus used this whole thing about fishing was because fishermen are optimistic. They really are. Fishermen are also patient people. You've got to have some patience. You've got to just wait them out. The same is true when you and I, we fish for men. You befriend someone who doesn't know Christ personally. You don't just share Christ with them just like that. You gotta be patient. You wait and wait and wait. And when the time is right, when the time hits, God'll show you. That's when you share it. That's when you actually set the hook, so to speak. You see that all the baits we have today, all the baits we're using today have hooks in them. Everything we do at Crossroads has a hook in it also. See, we don't just do athletic events to have athletic events. We just don't have children's activities just to get a bunch of kids. The hook is the gospel. And the word gospel means the good news. That's the hook we have in everything at Crossroads. And I can't believe it. Not one bite. Such a great day. Everything is perfect. Not a bite. Fish beware, because when I set the hook, I am getting s -s serious now, baby. Talk to me. Talk to me, baby. Here we go. Woo, honey. Woo, me. Man, we got some funky smells going on now, boy. We've got Uncle Charlie's catfish bait. We've got this secret catfish formula. We've got these garlic, whoo, who daddies? Whoo, man, some funky smells. Debbie won't kiss me for a week. Someone call the ambulance. Someone call the fish patrol. Whoa, here we go. I'll tell you what, we have had a rough day. Not even a bite. I have choked. Still fishing. We are old for two. Wow, that's all I can say about that.
That was 22 years ago. Still applies. It really was about 55 degrees, which to me is perfect summer, but uh, yesterday was a little toasty for me. But anyway, the waters were muddy. I mean, it was choppy, right? You could hear the wind. It was very windy, but I was pretty optimistic. I was pretty fired up. And if you know Christ personally, if you know him personally, if you've bowed your knee to Christ, then Jesus commands you as well as he commands me to be fishers of men. Notice when I read Mark 1.17, the Bible does not say that we're to be catchers of men. People always ask, are you really a fisherman? I mean, I fish occasionally, rarely. If they called it catching, I would do it, but I, I'm not that patient. I'm not a real fisherman. But he says, I'll make you fishers of men. And the cool deal is, if you think about that, we're not responsible for the catching. We're just responsible for fishing. But make no mistake, you and I are responsible for fishing. As followers of Christ, Christ parts to do the catching. Our part is to do the fishing. Our part is to throw out the lines. Our part is to use where God's planted us, our work, our environment, and our neighborhood. Wherever you roam around, that's your world. And so we have to have some optimism because God's will is that no one perish and be separated from him. So he uses us as followers for his fishermen. Jesus talked to a bunch of fishermen who became disciples. They were very optimistic, but they also had another trait that I don't have, and that is fishermen are patient. Real fishermen are patient. <laughs> I'm not so patient, if you didn't know that. Some people say it's very relaxing. Just sit out in the boat and fish all day. I'm like, no. No, I came to fish, which means I want to catch fish. I didn't come to sit. I could sit at home. I want to catch. But fishermen, they know that they're there. They know that you have to be patient at time to get the big award-winning fishes that you stick on your wall at home, right? And a lot of them, listen, anymore, you look at the technology, it's crazy. They got fish finders. They've got all kinds of contraptions. They know where the fish are. They know what depth they're at. They know what to use. A good fisherman does, right? They know what kind of bait to use, and they'll wait them out. They'll like, you just got to be here. You just got to wait them out. I'm like, that's what gets me. I don't want to wait. <laughs> but fishermen are patient. You need to be patient. If you're praying for a mom, a dad, a son, a daughter, a grandma, a grandpa, an aunt, an uncle, a coworker, a friend. We gotta be patient as we're fishing. We're not again required, we're not even responsible for the outcome, but we are responsible to fish. Don't you give up on a loved one that you're praying for. Don't you quit inviting them. Don't you quit sharing your story about what Christ has done in your life because you never, ever know. A lot of Christians can't remember the last time they fished, last time they shared their story, the last time they made an invite. That is just horribly sad. 
I've prayed for some friends for years. I prayed for my parents for years. I look back on this today and I thought, wow, as we pulled these up several months ago when we decided to do, redo this series and decided whether or not we would use those old videos, it dawned on me that this was months before my mom passed away, which means it was also months before my mom received salvation. All the fishing that we had done and others had done in her life for years, I thought she would never accept Christ. But she did, and then passed away months after. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. You keep on praying. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, He, God, is patient and not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He wants everybody to take the gospel, the fish food, to turn from their way of life and to turn to Him, which brings eternal life. There's not a greater gift in the world that you can see one receive or you receive. There's nothing more important than you being a fisherman of people if you're a follower of Christ. Nothing. So fishermen are optimistic. Fishermen are patient. They're also something else. Fishermen are very intentional. They're intentional. They have this huge intentionality quotient, if you will. They're intentional in what they do. They're intentional of what time they go. They're intentional of where they go. They're intentional about the bait that they use where they park their boat, where they throw out anchor, when they fish off the bank, when they fish from a boat, when they wade in the water. They're very intentional, real fishermen, about everything that they do. A real fisherman say, you got to go where the fish are, depending on what you're trying to catch. you got to use the bait that will draw that fish. You've got to get dirty sometimes. you got to get slimy sometimes. you got to get messy sometimes to catch the fish that you're after. Well, that was my second attempt. The first attempt got damaged. We couldn't show that one. So I'm 0 for 2. And so I got thinking, you know, where can you go where, like, you know there's fish? Huh. Because if that's the case, I know where you're guaranteed to find some big fish. I'm going everywhere trying to catch a big fish. They just won't bite. Must be the temperature. Must be the time of year. But let me tell you something. I'm still fishing. But today I finally found the spot. I'm at Cabela's in Dundee, Michigan. I've got to catch some fish here. I know I'll catch some fish here. Come on. got to be some big fish in here. I can smell them. Hi, I'm Scott. Morning, Scott. Junior name's Charlie? Charlie, yeah. Charlie, uh, we're, we, we came here to Cabela's trying to uh, catch some big fish, and uh, it's obvious you guys have some big fish here. I was wondering if there would be any way that we could uh, kind of maybe go in here in this big tank and do a little fishing. Hey, welcome to take a look around and uh, see what you need. If you have any, uh, any questions, just ask me. Super. Appreciate okay. it. Woo! Sounds here we good. go.
Lord Fisher. You've got to go where they are. And let me tell you, they're here in Cabela's. Oh, baby, here we go. About a 15-pounder going after the worm. Come on, baby. And that's the fun part. You see, we're commanded to fish for men. We're to cast and cast and cast. And one day, that cast will produce some fish. I still can't believe they let us in there. I think Charlie got fired. I'm not sure about Charlie. Just so you know, there was no hook on that. They certainly wouldn't let me do that, but I'm still surprised they let us in. Anyway, they're intentional. Can I ask you, as a follower of Christ, how intentional are you about fishing for people? How intentional are you praying for a family member, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad? Or have you gotten so caught up in church life that you forgot the purpose of what you and I are supposed to do as followers of Christ? Do you know that churches are dying all across the world today? And they're not necessarily dying because there's nobody there. They're dying because of this mentality of this holy huddle. It's about those that I already know that I enjoy seeing every week, and we just kind of form our holy huddles and sing kumbaya. We're here for a purpose. You're in this community for a purpose. You're where you work for a purpose. You are in your neighborhood for a purpose. And one of the biggest, the biggest, if you know Christ, is to be a fisher of people. If you ever talk to a fisherman, fishermen have this love for fish. They just do. And they love fishing. That should be true of you and for me. There's nothing I should love more than God and other people, right? And if I say I love God and I don't love people, then I really don't love God, his word says. And if I love God and love people, how in the world could I say I love you if I never share the greatest message that you may have never heard? How could I go weeks and months and years without sharing my story? without sharing his story, without sharing what he's done for me, how could I do that? You see, every time you show up for worship, every time you show up for a night of prayer, whatever it is, 
What we have in mind is we're fishing. We're casting. We're worshiping together to go out into this world, right? And out into this community and be fishers of men. We're simply giving out fish food. And you know why we're all so different? Why we're so unique? To reach different fish. But we're not responsible for the results, but we're responsible to fish. And we've got to be intentional about it. If you can't remember the last time you had a conversation, that you made an invite, that you shared your story of what Christ did for you, can we just agree it's way too long? Fishermen are optimistic. They're patient. They're very intentional. And number four, fishermen are persistent. Fishermen don't give up. In the real world, right, people call them in the fishing world, they call them fish hawks. They just stay after them and after them and after them and after them. How you doing? Good. What's your name? Jesse. Jesse. You work here? Mm, you, you guess? You kind of work here? This is a pretty neat place. Hey, you know what? I've been out trying to catch some fish. I've been all over. I've been to ponds. I went to one place. had to pass about 2,000 pigs to get there. I couldn't catch any fish anywhere. We can realize you got a bait place here. You think it'd be all right if we fished over here? I guess. Okay. Hey, thanks. fishing and fishing. Got to be persistent. You'll get like me one day. You'll be able to catch. Fish. Here we go. There we go. I don't care if you're at an aquarium, at a bait store, at a foreign pond, or at Cabela's. You've got to keep fishing. One day like me, you'll catch a fish. I can't believe we just did that in there. goodness what we will do to try to get a point across persistence it pays off 
No matter what body of water you find yourself in, no matter what stage of life you're in, if you know Christ, you're a fisherman. And you have no idea when they might receive the gospel as fish food. There's a lady that's been a part of Crossroads for a long, long time. She's just got a regular occupation. But she has been more persistent because she recognizes what she does for a living is just to make a living. But what her real job is, is to be a fisherman. I can't tell you the number of fish that I've seen her bring in. I can't tell you the number of invitations that she's made, the conversations, the number of conversations she's had. I can't tell you about her optimism, her patience, her persistence, her intentionality, but it's always on her mind, and it shows. Can I challenge you, if you look at yourself, and that's what we've been doing this whole series of everything you need to know about life is in your fishbowl, we've been looking in the mirror. And I hope you see yourself. And I want you to ask yourself, how's your fishing? I'm not asking how your catching is. I'm saying, how is your optimism? How intentional are you about fishing for people? How patient are you? How persistent are you? When's the last invite? When's the last conversation? And you say, how do we do it? Well, let's take a look. How do you become a fisher of people? First of all, if you've given your life to Christ, whether you're ready or you're not ready, you are a fisher of men. Pray, for, pray the fisherman's prayer. Pray the fisherman's prayer. I'm going to encourage you every day. Start your day. God, use me today. Conversations today. The people around me today. And God, make me a fisherman. And if you know Christ, he already has. The second thing I want to tell you is you need to tell fish stories. You know fishermen always have stories? You notice that? The big one always got away. Have you noticed that? But they've always got fish stories of when they went to this place and they used this kind of bait and against these kinds of odds and this kind of a storm. Whatever the deal is, they have these fish stories. Can I tell you about you? If you've bowed your knee to Christ and you've given your heart to Christ, you've got a fish story that no one else has. We can all share a fish story if we have a relationship with Christ because all you have to do is tell people what happened to you, where you were, what your life was like before Christ, and here's what it's like since Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've told my fish story, but I'd also be lying to you if I didn't say there's been seasons of my life where I didn't share that story as much as I have in others. Because you can get so wrapped up in whatever's going on that you forget what you're here for. For years, I never prayed that prayer. For years, I just worried about myself and others. For years, I just did the kind of the navel-gazing thing, right? Where you sing kumbaya and you sit around the campfire with your best Christian friends. And we even kind of divided people up like we're in. We're the white hats. They're the black hats. We're in. They're out. We're heaven bound. They're hell bound. But they deserve it. 
And then I flash back to the fact that God didn't give me what I deserve. He gives me what I don't deserve. And that now I'm a part of his family. My biggest responsibility is to be a fisher of men. I'd argued with my mama and my dad many a times. My dad would just walk out of the room. My mom would stay. She was always up for a good debate. And the good and the bad news about my mom is she knew the gospel. What she didn't have is a grasp and an understanding of it. Her idea was one day she was going to get her act together and come and give her heart to Jesus because she wasn't going to be one of those hypocrites. I said, Mom, that's the problem. If you could get it all together to get right with God, he wouldn't have had to send his son to die. You can't do good enough to earn your way in. You come as you are. Good, the bad, and the ugly. But I honestly never thought I would see my mom cross the line of faith. But we walked into her kitchen one Sunday afternoon after we were at church. She was sitting at her kitchen table. Had her Bible out. I had never seen that. She said, you'll never guess what I did today. And with my mom, there was anybody's guess was okay. We said, what did you do? And she said, I gave my heart to Jesus. My wife and I just started bawling. That was just about six months ahead of what this message, or after I mean. And about eight months later, she passed away. Folks, you got to tell your story. You need to be passing out invites. You need to be talking about what Jesus did in your life. And you say, man, I don't know if I could do it that well. It's going to be awkward. It's probably going to be the best awkward moment you've ever had. It could be the most important awkward moment that you ever had. Don't say no for people. Share your fish story. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, go. He didn't say yo, he said go. In the Greek, you know what that word go means? It literally means as you're going. As you're doing life, as you're going to work, as you're going about your day, as you go to the grocery store, as you go into all the world and preach the good news. Does that mean you have to be a preacher? No, that means you're a fish storyteller. That means you're an inviter. Come to a place that changed my life. Let me tell you, my life is different than it's ever been. Let me tell you, right? You don't take your Bible and beat people up with it. You don't say, hey, let me quote all this for you. That's not what I'm saying. But you tell your fish story. You're purposeful about it. And then you practice catch and release. Listen, I don't fish very often. That was pretty obvious. But a lot of people, when they fish, they practice catch and release. They catch them, and then they put them back. They release them back into their habitat so they can grow and get bigger and bigger. That's kind of how bigger fish happen, right? They reproduce in their environment, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. As a church, we practice catch and release. 
Think about it. There's many of you here because someone invited you here. You gave your life to Christ here, and we worship together here. And then we go out. We release you into your neighborhood, into your workplace, all over this community to do what? To be a fisher. So when God allows you to be a recipient, to see someone take that bait of the gospel and their life is changed. You know what that does to me? It just spurs me on. When my mom gave her life to Christ, that just told me, right? Don't ever say no for people. You don't ever know. You just keep on fishing. You keep on telling fish stories. But what I do know about our world today is there's so many followers of Christ that can't tell the last time they went fishing, the last time they made an invitation. And can I just tell you, next week is a great weekend to bring someone. It's Mother's Day. You know what dads and kids and a lot of people do? What mom wants to do for Mother's Day. You've got an opportunity this week to make some invites strategically on time. And can I tell you something about next week? I am so excited about next week's message, and it's really not a Mother's Day message. But don't get down. <laughs> it's an everybody message. But I believe it may just be the most impactful Sunday than you can remember. It might be the best Mother's Day you've ever experienced. It might be your best Mother's Day, not as a mother that you've ever experienced. Title of the message, Odd, 47%. That's the name of the message, 47%. Can I encourage you like you've not fished in a long time? Bring people with you this next Sunday, 47%. We, every one of us that have bowed our knees to Christ, is a fisher of men. There's people that you love, people that I love, that if in a week or a month I stood over their casket, I may not know where they're at. The time to fish is now. It's the most important thing I can do as a follower of Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for today, for your word. God, for kind of a a flashback to truth that is as true today as it was 22 years ago, as it was 2,000 years ago, when you tapped these fishermen on the shoulder to be your disciples. And they were never again going to be the same kind of fishermen that just fish to make a living. But they were going to be fishers of people that you created, that you uniquely made as one-of-a-kind, unique masterpieces. And today, as we stay here today, as we sit here, as we're tuned in from wherever we're tuned in, God, if we know you, we are fishers. Whether we're good at it, whether we're not so good at it, whether we do it daily and we're very intentional and we think about it often, or it's been months or even years, doesn't change the fact that we're fishermen. 
and the fishing we're responsible for. The catching we are not. That's your job. Use us, I pray, God, as believers to fish. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, can I tell you that this could be the greatest day of your life? The day where you crossed the line of faith and turned from doing life your way and repented, as God's Word said, and you turned to Jesus. Where it finally made sense, where you finally took the bait and said, God loves me. Even though He knows everything about me. He loved me so much, He sent His Son to die in my place so I don't have to take the punishment for what my sins deserved. He took it on Himself. And He'll offer me what I don't deserve, eternal life, heaven life, forever life. So Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Jesus, as best I know how, by faith, I invite you in as my Savior and my Lord. Adopt me into your family. Forgive me of all I've ever done wrong. Take up residence in my heart. And from this day forward, I belong to you. That will never, ever change. God, I want to be intentional of telling my fish story so that others may experience what I just did. I say thanks. I give you all the praise in your name, the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen.